Today, this podcast is being recorded on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present, and extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of blood sluts and blood magic, where we work together to heal period shame, heal our pussies and wombs, and find the way to more pleasurable periods and sex lives. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a dietitian, nutritionist, sexologist, period empowerment guide, sexual healing guide, and menstrual blood witch. Hey folks, so on the podcast today, I interview my younger sister, Lizy. Um, now this episode is from my other podcast, the NDMBs, and we chat all things asexuality and being a romantic. So I hope you enjoy it. It's a little bit different because it's from my other podcast, but very relevant to this pod as we'll be chatting all things queerness and sexuality throughout the duration of this podcast. Enjoy. So everyone on the podcast today, I have my beautiful sister, Lizzy, Eliza, but she goes by Liz. <laughs> Hi, Liz. Hello. Thanks so much for coming <laughs> on the pod day. All right. So today we're going to be talking about all things asexuality and being aromantic. So super excited because this month is queer month so thanks for kicking it off lies all right so my first question is what are your pronouns and what do you do in the world it's actually really interesting because i don't think anyone's ever asked me my pronouns before but there she her just the uh fuck yeah the base rate <laughs> um and what do I do in the world? Um, I exist in the world. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm a very self-contained person, so I just keep my own little space and the space of, you know, my loved ones and um, and that's all I occupy really, mostly keep to myself. Okay, thanks, Laz. Oh, my God, so excited to have you here. Um. My next question for you is, yeah, the parade. How do you express yourself in the world? Um, minimally, I think. I think my most outward expression would be in my clothes, which aren't like, they're not super like avant-garde, um, alternative. They're just like, they're nice, clean, like pretty dresses, some earrings sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a very um, out there sort of person, so... My expression is uh, inwardly focused, I think. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. <sighs> I think it's so interesting because I think you're you're such a, um, what's the word, like an eccentric kind of person. Like you're very, you're very, I'm losing my words. You're a, oh. funk, you're, you're a funky human. You're a funky gal. You're a funky uh, gal. Okay. I mean, that's that's a nice descriptor, actually. I don't mind. I don't mind being a funky gal. I like <laughs> that, actually. Maybe I'll change. I'm going to put that 
yeah put that as my um contact in your phone funky gal yeah that's exactly what i was going to say okay yeah there we go we are telling same hat same hat same brain cells same blood same hat same hat (laughs) fuck it fuck it all right so my next question for you lies is what is your sexual orientation Mm -hmm. and your sexuality i am asexual uh which means i don't experience sexual attraction and added on to that i'm also aromantic which means i don't experience any romantic attraction which means essentially i have no attraction to anybody so i am the vanilla human so to speak in more ways than one (laughs) i say that because i'm a pasty bitch (laughs) just looking your face cracks me up because like i don't know if people are gonna People, no, not in a bad way. I don't know if people are going to watch this recording, but like to see your facial expressions is half the experience. Honestly, you're so funny, mate. You don't even realize. Okay, um, you know how you always say razzle dazzle. By the way, I don't know if you still say that. The old razzle dazzle. Yeah, I I have have adopted that because I mean it's great, obviously, Mm, and I love the Basil Brush Show. Well, I did when I was a kid, and. I say it with like to everything now, all my friends. Like if I'm feeling like shit, I'll be like the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> and I'll just like throw it in anywhere. It's great. So thanks yeah. for being so. You're welcome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Next question is how did you realize you were asexual and a romantic? Well, as I was saying earlier when we were discussing this, um, it's kind of cringe. Um, it was on this small underground blogging website called tumblr.com in 2014 or something. I think I was about 16. And I had always seen myself as kind of a weirdo, you know, like if I wasn't wearing this hat, uh, <laughs> that was a, that was a Riverdale reference, but it kind of, um, I forgot it was it was still kind of funny, so. but yeah, cut it out. I don't watch Riverdale. <laughs> no idea what's going. Yeah, no, on. I don't either. I I also don't. Um, and then I, I don't know. I think it was like one of those like pretty pastel um, cursive posts that was so popular back in Tumblr's heyday, and it just had like a descriptor of all these different sexualities. And obviously I knew like gay, lesbian, bisexual. I didn't really know much about transgender people or non-binary or definitely didn't know about asexuality. So I was reading more about it and I found this um, network that went more in depth that was run by um, asexual people and they were just talking about, you know, trying to normalise it and um, basically just, you know, get the word out so that people like me could feel less weird about everything and less like um I wasn't a complete human because I didn't experience this big thing called love (laughs) like romantic love and um you know at that point when you're like 16 everyone's talking about who they have a crush on and you know kissing people and and stuff and I was always like I have to pick someone, a guy, and pretend I like him. Otherwise, I will be seen as weird 
and people will be like, oh, what do you mean you don't like anyone? Be like, yeah, so anyway, um, and obviously people get more accepting as they get older, but at that time I was so scared of being seen as as different. Um, you know, some guy talked to me and I was like, okay, yep, I have a crush on you, so <laughs> I hope you're happy with that. <laughs> it's like I didn't know how crushes worked I was like okay so like is it like friendship like you you want to um you know have lunch with them and um maybe go to the house like I was like, I don't know. like what, am I, what am I supposed to want to do with this person like I don't want to hold their hand because my hand's sweaty their hand's probably sweaty like I don't want that like you know yeah because you, that you don't you, <laughs> no no not at all that was perfect um, thanks for sharing. So, yeah, you really don't um, – you don't – you used to not like physical touch so much. And True. do you think that's related to your asexuality? Because obviously there are – we don't want to, like, stereotypicalize things, that's a word, um, because not all asexuals obviously dislike physical touch and affection. But can you explain your personal experience and kind of journey with physical affection? Because I know as your sibling that you are a bit more into hugs these days. But, yeah, do you want to chat a little bit about that? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but it was definitely that I think it was maybe since I actually, hmm, it might have even been since I started my antidepressants that I just became a lot more open to physical affection, not like, you know, like I'm super affectionate way but you know like I don't abhor it um like I can hug if I initiate the hug you know I don't want people just coming up and hugging you like (laughs) sometimes you know like when you see a family member that you haven't seen in like five years and they're just like hey and you're like yeah where's the consent 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 I just don't understand that mentality because you can't just assume that everyone's going to be okay with it and I definitely I'm not still, but, you know, I'll hug me fam every now and then. Um, and, you know, oh, wait, wait, sorry, I have something very important to show you. <laughs> Bergie! Say hi! Say hi to you who are listening to the pod and not watching the video, Liza's holding up her little dog, Bergie. He's like a little chihuahua cross Pomeranian and he's literally the shyest, most timid, cutest little fucking fluff boy. And he's boy And his he's breath, breath fucking smells like shit. It smells like fish. And we, we, we do. We do brush his teeth. But yeah, he's just forever It's sick. not good enough. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, weirdly, um, I think Bergie has helped me to become more affectionate with humans because I just you know I'm like a mother you know I'm a single mom I work two jobs Um, (laughs) but yeah explain the aromantic side of things yeah I think that just came naturally because when I first learned about asexuality it was seen as quite a rigid you're not attracted to anyone that's the way that it was first brought across because it's once things become more accepted that people tend to tease it out more whereas this was just sort of like this is what it is and then there were more discussions on things like demisexuality and that sort of thing and um more fluid sort of asexuality but I was just sort of like what I knew as just being an asexual as in not being attracted to anyone and I didn't differentiate between romantic 
pansexual. And then people started talking about the split attraction model and, like, you know, you can be biromantic and asexual or homoromantic and asexual or heteroromantic and asexual. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not romantically attracted to anyone. <laughs> so so it's just A, A all the way through. Post-record Gem popping in here to let you know in this section, Liza and I chat about the meaning of ace in the LGBTQIA+. I just thought ace was just like um, a shortening of asexual. I think, it's an, not... I think it's an umbrella term. Oh, is it actually an acronym? I don't know if it's okay. an acronym, but it's an, I thought it was an umbrella term for like all the things that come under that. So like asexual, aromantic, all the things that you just spoke about, like heterosexual, asexual. I always thought ace was like bi, as in obviously bisexual, whereas ace is just like asexual but short. That's how I've always seen it. Whereas aromantic has been, is arrow, like A-R-O, as opposed to ace. Right. If you're aromantic, asexual, you're an arrow ace. In this next bit, we discuss an article, which I will put in the show notes. And it's called, the A in LGBTQIA plus is for ace, not ally. Okay, so it says the A in LGBTQIA plus is for ace, not ally. <laughs> it says the ace That was spectrum. actually a big debate. Yeah, which yeah. is, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. Like why would ally be in the community? Obviously allies are part of the community, but they're not like one of us. They're not in the community. They're yeah. not in the, um, yeah. There was a lot of backlash against asexuality on Tumblr. I'd say about 2016, 2017 maybe, and 2018 and probably still is, um, to be honest. It was bizarre. I don't really understand where it came from. It came from this very misconstrued notion that asexuality was somehow anti-gay, anti, um, anti-same-sex attraction um, because if you were asexual, obviously you weren't. Well, a lot of people did see it as like a diet straight as in like you know attracted to anyone so I guess you're kind of straight which is just a way of defaulting heterosexuality which is exactly what the queer movement is trying to get away from there's so much can I just say that's a really interesting point there is so much like queer phobia within the queer community like what you just said you know I guess ace phobia or like however there's probably a term for that asexual phobia I guess but then there's it's trans- ace phobia I think yeah there's so much transphobia there's so much oh, yeah. um biphobia you know like because yeah. the the lesbians and the gays were obviously the foundation of the queer movement like you know like it was there were obviously other people there but they were like the main, I feel like the main two that were like really recognized and like the stigma started falling mm. away from those two before the other ones started kind of becoming more understood by the general population. But then I feel like maybe there was like some resentment or like something there, I don't know, from even the gay community and the lesbian community that were like, no, that were kind of like gatekeeping, like this is our community. You know, like we don't want to share it with these bisexuals and these pansexuals and these transgender people and these asexuals Mm. and these demisexuals and whoever else. Like we don't want to share 
and with them like this is ours because they were like proud of it and kind of like very protective of it which makes sense like I understand that but at the same time you're literally discriminating against people in your own community which is so ironic like what (laughs) yeah I I think the problem is exclusionism they didn't see them as part of the community they were like you you shouldn't be here so we can be free to say whatever we want about you because you're not with us um and I think it's a it's definitely a two-way street like there's definitely uh lesphobia and um even just plain old homophobia within subgroups of the queer community you know you just want everyone to be supportive of each other and uplift each other but unfortunately when you get large groups of people you're going to get all all sorts of people totally um, with all sorts of preconceived notions and ideas of privilege um you know even looking at you know the racial component of the queer community there's lots of things to unpack there privilege wise um and a lot of people aren't willing to do that um which is just not helpful at all to any sort of liberation yeah, totally right. And any big group of people in any large community, like the LGBTQIA plus community is huge globally. There's always going to be assholes. There's always going to be um, people who have, I guess, more like narcissistic tendencies or or they're just hateful or they're resentful. There's always going to be a big mixed bag of people who just want to hate people because mm. they're just <laughs> they're yeah. just a mean person or they haven't done the work on themselves. That's a very good point. Um, I'm just reading from this website. It's um, an org website from the UK and it says the ACE spectrum, uh, sorry, the ACE spectrum is the title. It says ACE is an umbrella term covering a range of asexual and aromantic identities. Within the ACE community, some people feel a strong tie to asexual and aromantic communities and others do not. Some ace people have romantic and or sexual relationships while others focus on other kinds of love and relationships. Regardless of how someone identifies and whatever their relationships look like, be respectful and understand, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I think it – so, wait, here we go. Useful terms to know when talking about asexual identity. So it's got asexual, allosexual, which is someone who doesn't experience sexual attraction – Oh, I think allosexual is someone who does experience sexual attraction. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. I did read that wrong. I was looking at mixing them up. <clears throat> That's my dyslexic. Brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'll read that again. So, yeah, allosexual is someone who does experience sexual attraction. So, hmm. in the context of the ace umbrella, would, would allosexual then be... So allosexuality is the opposite of asexuality. So anyone who's not asexual is allosexual. Okay, right, right, right. I've got you. So I thought it must have been a term for like another sexuality. Got you, got you. Thank yeah, you. I think that's what caused a lot of the discourse in the same – okay, this isn't – I'm not comparing it on the same scale, obviously, but the way that a lot of cis people get upset that we're all grouped together under the cis umbrella um, by trans people a lot of people who weren't asexual got upset that everyone was lumping, you know, gay, lesbian, bi and straight people together who weren't asexual, um, which it's just a, a, a way of differentiating. Like it wasn't any sort of um, yeah negative labelling system or anything, but I think a lot of people did get upset about that. You mm. know? I don't tend, yeah, 
I don't think I've ever used the word allosexual about anyone. Um, I don't know how frequently that word is used, but obviously it's it does exist um, and it, it can be useful when discussing, you know, your experiences compared to someone who who is, you know, who does experience sexual attraction. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever heard of it in this context, but I was listening to my friend Ace's podcast because they've just launched a podcast as well. I'm just trying to find their Instagram so I can. Oh, yeah, they said allistic is being not autistic. So the all yeah. at the at preface, is that the right term? I'm trying to use my English. Is that pre- prefix? A prefix, yeah, yeah. Oh, prefix, got yeah. there in the end. Woohoo! I've been to school for like yeah, 10 years. Years. Um, so yeah, yeah, they use the term holistic to, and I'd never heard of that either. And I consider myself to be quite educated in the queer and in the neurodivergent space. And I'm like, how have I never heard this term before? Um, or this prefix hmm. used. Anyway, that's really interesting. Thanks for that, Lies. Post record gem popping in again. So I actually forgot to press record for the second half of this interview. So this is us repeating what we had already said. Lol. <laughs> We're going to talk about the ACE spectrum. Basically spoke about the ACE umbrella and there's lots of different um, identities that come under that. Uh, demisexual, grey asexual, uh, demi-romantic. So if you're curious and you think you might fit under the ACE banner, um, I will put this resource in the show notes and it's really great. You can go to town and have a good ride. Lies, what, because obviously we know that you're not attracted to anyone sexually or romantically, but before we hit record, you explain to me that you do, well, I know that you do experience physical attraction or uh, attraction to people's aesthetic. Um, would you mind explaining that again? <laughs> For the um, second time. Yeah, so... I think is what probably a lot of asexual people um, makes them doubt that they're asexual because they see people and they're like, oh, they're attractive, they're really pretty, um, they're really good looking, and then they're like automatically associate that with, oh, I guess I suppose I must be sexually attracted to them. But for purely aesthetic attraction, it's just you see them, you're like, they're really nice to look at, that's it. Like there's nothing further you want to do. I mean, obviously, sometimes you might be like, well, I want to be friends with them, but there's no other um, non-platonic sort of attraction. And a lot of people assume other asexual people would experience that with, um, you know, actors, actresses, that sort of thing, because uh, obviously they're made to look attractive (laughs) as possible. So, um, for example, I've been watching House of the Dragon and the most beautiful ladies and um um and people in that it's just like amazing (laughs) amazing excellent it is pretty great um so you're mostly attracted to women in this way or would you say you're also attracted to Mm. like some non-binary people like for example um like like a feminine presenting a non-binary person like a femme trans femme I mean, yeah, I definitely have been attracted to to men as well um, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, it's weird using the word attracted, but I suppose. Mm, um, what other word would you use, do you for, think? For clarity. Yeah, I'd just say people that I find attractive, I suppose. 
And I think that's because the word attractive has come to be connotated with certain things. And I'm like, even though I don't think about it that way, I just, I prefer to be like, yeah, I find them attractive instead of, you know, I'm attracted to them. And then explain, it's just aesthetics. (laughs) What was your coming out story like with with our parents would you like to share that with the listeners yeah it was pretty shitty (laughs) to be honest um in my early days I didn't fully understand asexuality and so because I had more of a um aesthetic attraction towards women I just labeled myself as a lesbian and I was really comfortable with that um and so I tried to come out to my mom in the car on the way home from school. I think I was in year 11, so it would have been about 17. And we were listening to the radio and whatever, and I just sort of turned it down. And I think we were talking about, I don't know, a friend of mine was having relationship drama and I was saying, you know, I've gotten to the topic of, of you know, my own romantic feelings. And I said, you know, um, you know, I think I'm, you know, attracted to women. And obviously that was a big emotional thing. And so I just started crying and um, I put the window down because I wanted, you know, my, it was all stuffy. I wanted fresh air in my face. And mom just uh, <laughs> didn't say anything and just sat there. And um, eventually I turned the music up because it got so awkward. So that's a really fun story to tell at <laughs> dinners. Um, oh, it doesn't sound like our family at all. I guess it's better than being disowned. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely is. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I would just be a better parent, but, you know, maybe I'm just built different. Yeah, um, I guess, like, boomers heart and, like, generations kind of, like, your Zen, what are you, Zen X? No. What are you, what generation are you? Z. I'm millennials just. So I feel like any, even millennials, some millennials, I feel like have so much internalized, even we do, queer phobia. Mm. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I think for uh, people who aren't really on social media and they're not getting exposure to queer people and the community, you know, lack of exposure usually means lack of understanding, which usually can sometimes mean lack of acceptance. And so, you know, people don't have to necessarily obviously understand us to accept us, but I think boomers in particular, I've noticed from, you know, lots of my friends' stories as well, they don't get it. They they think we're weird or that we're, we're not good enough because we don't meet their expectations of mm. us being straight and, like, hetero. It's like, sorry, I didn't choose to be queer. All right. So, so yeah, obviously that wasn't a good experience for you and I'm really sorry about that, Lies. Um, it was kind of similar <laughs> when when I had a girlfriend um, a few years ago and I, I told mum that I also like women. And oh, she, fun. yeah, she was like a little bit awkward. Um, again, didn't really say much and then kind of, just left because it was nighttime and she was saying goodnight so she kind of just left but I think that's it's just a real shame because that adds like another layer of shame to it in a way um especially as a young person being told that 
or just ignored when you're literally telling your parents something that you felt finally built the courage up to say or like finally felt safe to say yeah and like getting like a bit of a cold shoulder is kind of like "Mm, can you at least like say something (laughs) um yeah yeah that's um, shit it's not yeah it's pretty depressing (laughs) I think that's probably a really common experience um but like you said you know I guess better than being disowned like you still have a really close relationship with mum um do you have you spoken to her about it since you came out um not like in as many words but I do mention semi-frequently you know I say like oh that you know in reference if you're talking about you know some relationship drama like oh that will never be me or like making her very much aware she's never going to have any grandchildren (laughs) from me Um, (laughs) or perhaps at all I don't know if any of us will have kids and that's that's fair and understandable and respectable honestly Uh, especially ignoring all the personal issues um this economy is in shambles <laughs> uh, the kids are going to be paying like two thousand dollars a day for a house that's going to be really messed up I guess I like to say it in the way as if like you should already know this and I'm just doing like a little inside joke yeah um, you kind of just because... make jokes yeah and I'm like if you don't know by now you just haven't been listening and that's on you because you should listen to your kids especially when they tell you personal stuff so true all right the zoom meeting so thanks so much for coming on the pod lies appreciate it so much i'm going to end the recording now love you thanks so much for listening to this episode of blood slut we'll be back next week with another episode which will probably be another one from my other podcast as I'm having a few weeks off work because it's nearing the end of the year and I'm just really needing a break (laughs) because this year has been the first year of my business. It's been really hectic and I just really need to slow down. I'd love to take a moment to remind you about my period self-care guide. If you haven't purchased it yet, you can do so via the link in the show notes. It's a nine-page guide that you can keep by your bedside during your period. It's packed with tips to prepare you for your bleed and to have a more pleasurable period. This is the perfect gift for a friend or family member for Christmas. It's only $15 and the price will increase next year in 2023. Enjoy. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many slots as possible and spread the word and empower as many menstruators and vulva owners and penis owners and just everyone as possible in the realm of sex and menstruation and relationships. Love you all. See you next week. Bye.